You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we have got a great show for you guys this week. we got two great guests coming up. And since we last talked last week, I said to you to please go out there and challenge yourselves. Go out there and try something new and experience life. So what did you do? I want to hear about it. But I got to do something really cool and new. You want to hear about it? <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, guys, you don't have much of a choice about that. You're listening to the show, and you're going to hear it whether you like it or not. But anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to be talking to you about some of the things, that, some of the new things that you guys can do as well. It's not just something I could do. So hopefully you'll be inspired to check that out. So before we get into anything, I'm going to leave that with a little cliffhanger here for a second. Uh, I want everybody to go to our website when you get a chance. It's www.theamemagazine.com. Remember, you can go there any time that you want. There's absolutely no subscription fees. Just get out there and be inspired by all the people that we have that have walked the walk and talked the talk. There's a couple of different ways of doing it, through television, radio, and our magazine, and everything is archived up there. We're also on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the AME Experience. Also on Twitter, which is at Dowd Studios. And we're even trying to get into Instagram. I'm not sure how to make this work yet, but I'm going to figure that out. And that's uh, at Dowd Studios, just like the Twitter. Okay, so this is who we have coming up today. We have Taylor Castro. She is a very talented young lady. She's a senior in high school. And she has already been in a couple of movies, and she's written a song for one of these movies. She just released a brand new music video called I Got You. It's, a, a, uh, amazing, it's an amazing video. It's a great song. It was co-written by her and another person, and it was written for the Lifetime Movie Network's Girlfriend Killer. Now, she has also been in The Girlfriend Killer, and she's been in The Boyfriend Killer. So uh, we're going to go talk to her about that experience. And we have Tawana Smith coming up. She is a pro basketball player turned financial advisor. Now, there's so many people that you see that have just ended the pros, and they're broke. Now, how do you make millions of dollars and go broke? Well, she's going to tell you some of the, some of the mistakes that they make and some of the advice that, the, that they don't take themselves. And if they had this information before becoming pro, they probably would be able to be very well off right now. Okay, so some quick news before I get into what I did this weekend. The Fixer Upper team is being sued, believe it or not, once again, because they sold a house in this neighborhood. They remodeled the house like they normally do. It's a phenomenal house. Well, some drunk guy comes screaming around the corner, hits the embankment, goes up, and takes out their porch. So they're blaming them for putting them in an unsafe neighborhood. Now, I really hope that this particular lawsuit gets no traction at all because it is completely ridiculous. You tell me one neighborhood in the entire United States that does not have a drunk driver at least one time a week, and I will show you how pennies are worth more than gold. So, yeah, I can't do that, and you can't do that either. Anyways, they're saying that they decided that they didn't tell them how bad the neighborhood was, but law states that they cannot sit there and downgrade a particular neighborhood because of the fact that it's it's equal opportunity housing. They want to you know build up these 
less than stellar neighborhoods. Uh, but they legally cannot tell them it's a bad neighborhood. Now, they did tell them to please go do your research, think about the one that you want to buy, and then we'll go, for, we'll go from there. These people chose that place. They should have done their own research themselves. Second of all, Gwen Stefani's getting sued. Yes, she's getting sued because of the fact that she was at an amphitheater doing a, a concert. She looks down and she's in row six that there's, there's a whole bunch of seats open. So she yells out to the people up in the, up in the, the I think they call it like the grassy knoll area, said, come on down, anybody, you know, fill up these seats, get a better seat. So everybody decides to bum rush these this particular aisle, and one person broke her leg in the bum rush going down. So she is suing Gwen Stefani, saying that she was negligent and careless in her in her endeavor. So trying to do something nice for somebody, she gets sued because somebody doesn't know how to handle themselves. This world is going to a hell in a handbasket. I have never seen anything quite like this right now. All right, now let me tell you what we did. Well, this this is my 17th wedding anniversary. As you guys know, I was really excited about it. And me and my wife went to Disney. Where else would we go, right? Anyways, we got to see three of my favorite parks out of four of them. <laughs> they're, all, they're all my favorite parks, but I got to go to three out of four of them. We started off at the Magic Kingdom. Then we left a little early. We went to, because uh, we were going to go to 50's Primetime Cafe, so we went to the... Hollywood Studios. Now, when I was at the Hollywood Studios, last time I was there, I decided to ride. Um, I decided to ride the uh, Rock and Roll roller coaster. And everybody knows, because I've said it here, that's really when I found out that I had MS, because I had a major breakdown short just before I got on the ride. I mean, literally, I was in the loading dock section of this of the line. And I decided to try it again, and it was amazing. I'm going to post all these pictures that I have up there because I tell you, my my facial expressions are amazing. You're going to see them on our on our Facebook page, which is uh, the AME Experience. Uh, so it's facebook.com forward slash the AME Experience. But anyways, one of the main things that we did, which was on Sunday, which is the day after our anniversary, was to go and review Avatar. This is the Pandora section that they that they opened up, and as everybody knows, Pandora is the land where the avatars live. And there are two rides. There is the Avatar Flight of Passage, and then there's the Navi River Journey. Now, both of these rides are not connected. So you, you get off of one ride, you have to go to another part of the, the uh, land to get onto the other one. I didn't know that at first. So that's one thing that if you're going to plan for this, please plan that accordingly. You don't get on one and then go right to the other. You can do that if you get off one, but you got to get out of the line, out of the first ride, and go to the second one. Now, they're right next to each other, so it's not like they're very far away, which is good. I also did not know that the Avatar Flight of Passage happens to have a fully functional fast pass line. Now, they don't normally do this. I know with the with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, it took a long time before they opened up the fast pass, but I think because of the enormous amount of time that people were waiting to get on this ride, they had to do something. When I got on my little app and I looked at the time wait for this particular ride before we got there, it was a hundred and I think it was 120 minutes and it was only at 10 o'clock in the morning. And by the time we were out of the ride, it was 195 minutes. Now, if you total that out, that's almost four hours that you're going to be waiting in this line. So get there early and go directly to this particular experience because of the fact that it is so packed. Now, the flight of the flight of passage is actually a lot longer wait than the Navi River journey. Now, Navi River journey was about fifty to seventy minutes, so it wasn't as long. 
So this is what we experienced when we got in the ride. You go up into this, you go up in this little room, and it's it's kind of like soaring. If you've ever been to Epcot and you went on soaring, it's kind of like soaring. But this is five times better than soaring ever ever will be. You get on this little like a motorcycle, and you sit down, and they they brace you in from all sides. They have something that you lean up against in your front with your because uh, you actually you actually ride it like a motorcycle. Uh, you, so you lean up and you put your chest into this pad, and then this pad comes up behind you and touches your back, and then these pads come up and touch your legs, and then they kind of give you like a little tickling charge. It was felt really funny. I was laughing the whole time. And then you put on these glasses. Now, when this thing releases, you actually feel like you're on, on one of these, uh, they call them banshees. And so you can feel the thing breathing, you can feel the, the wings flapping, and then you enter this amazing journey through Pandora. And you go straight down, you go up, you go around, you go through caves, you go in, you even have a fight with another bad banshee. But what an amazing journey this is. Honestly, guys, even if you have to wait 120 minutes or even maybe 140 minutes, this ride is absolutely worth it. But still, Take my advice, get there early. Can never go wrong getting there early. This ride is actually, I'm going to give it five out of five stars. It blew me away. I'm still blown away by it. It is literally a 4D ride. Not only do you have the 3D glasses on, but they, they blow wind in your face. You smell things. that You can feel the, the, the dragon that you're riding on. It is an experience unlike any other, and Disney completely outdid themselves on this particular experience. After we got out of there, we went to the Navi River Journey. Now, the Navi River Journey is its a slow ride. You're on a boat, but it takes you through the caves that you saw from the Flight of Passage. So I suggest that you do the Flight of Passage first. When you go through this, it's a bioluminescent cave that has these amazing plants that glow and these animals that glow. And then you get to see the avatar at the end. I could not take video of the Flight of Passage because of the fact it's a 3D ride, so you would not see much of anything from my video. But you will be able to see partial footage of the Navi River Journey on the television show. So this is all coming out in this next television show, which I highly suggest you go check that out. Oh, before I go from there, I almost forgot. I give the Navi River Journey another 4 out of 5 stars. Amazing journey. It is not very high action-packed, but it's a great visual for for you to relax after that amazing journey from the flight of passage all right we're going to go to a quick commercial break when we come back we have taylor castro on the line so don't go anywhere jason dowd of imagination art studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection which is currently on tour across the country there you will see beautiful handmade masks from venice italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection each photo series has a theme mask authentic props and beautifully elaborate outfits all collaborated in the mind of jason dowd to create the right emotion and feeling the masks come from a shop at epcot at the italian pavilion where all these photos are on display for you to see this is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, this is Serena Palmer. You can come see me at the Shaw Festival and Dancing in Lunasa and Andrew Lee's in the Line until October 15th. 
Visit shawfest.com for more info. Hi, I'm Andy Allo, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have on the line with me a very special guest. Her name is Taylor Castro, and she is she actually just released a new music video called I Got You, and it was co-written by Wally Perez Fiera for the motion picture Girlfriend Killer on A&E, LMN, and Lifetime. And she's also appeared in a lot of things, too. She's appeared in a Lifetime TV movie called Boyfriend Killer, and she also co-starred in The Girlfriend Killer. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I love the, the, the fact that you are still in school and you've been able to do so much with your life so far. So kind of tell me a little bit how you got started. What, what got you the passion about being an entertainer and getting into the music world and the, the acting world? Because technically you're, you're considered a double threat. Yeah, thank you. Um, with music, it was kind of a... One night thing, I was just watching videos of other people making music, and it just kind of hit me suddenly that I wanted to make music as well. And um, I had always been a singer, but I never actually thought to make an album or my own songs or anything like that. But it was sort of like a like a realization that I should be doing this because I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to have support from my mom and my family to pursue that. And with acting, I've always loved, loved acting, especially film. And um, especially, yeah, I, I would say that acting is probably my biggest passion because I just love to tell the story of another character. It's so much fun and you get to do... You get to live so many different lives and stories, and you get to share that experience with the people who are watching. And getting into the business of that, I've been really lucky to have my mom as a movie producer and to help guide me through that. So that's really how it came about. And with school, um, that's kind of tricky. That's kind of hard, struggling school with with the career. But um, I'm managing, and it's kind of fun to... To manage both things at the same time. <laughs> well, I guess one of the biggest things that you'd have to worry about, you know, being, you know, being in school and doing all these other things is taking time to enjoy your your teenage years, you know, and those these are things you just can't get back. And I've realized that from watching other people that have done it and stuff like that, they have a lot of regrets. And I, I don't like to see anybody have any regrets, especially about stuff like that. And, that. and unfortunately, it's time, so that's something you can't get back. So how are you, how are you taking time to be a teenager and and still continue to do what you love to do yeah good question um i started most of this at 15 so i did have like my early teen years and you know to tell you the truth there's this quote that says that a thorn of warning is worth a wilderness of regret and from just kind of doing those sort of activities that a lot of teenagers do, I kind of got the warning that I really didn't want to do anything like partying or, you know, 
any of those things. I didn't really want to do them. What I like to do more is just read and kind of, you know, be by myself and go outside and, you know, just read a book. I'm obsessed with reading. Um, that is difficult to find time to do. <laughs> right now I'm in summer, so I've actually had a lot of time to read, so that's been really great. But um, I don't think I'm that deprived of being a teenager when it comes to the activities that I enjoy um, because I don't really have that many friends at school either way. Um, it's not bad or anything. I just I don't really connect with any of the kids in my school um, that much. But but. I am happy and I get to do what I love to do and um, that's just the way it is with me, I guess. Well, that's the you most know? important part though. You know, you got you to gotta take time to, to enjoy your life and, and experience the things that you, you want to experience. And, you know, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do all those things, but I mean, sometimes it's fun to go to a school dance or something like that, you know, and, and hang mm-hmm. out and, and, you know, do those types of things. Yeah, I can I can go to a school dance. I I, I go to the school dances. Yeah, I have prom this year. That'll be fun. <laughs> that's always fun. I didn't go to my prom, unfortunately, and that's one of my biggest regrets that I have. And you know, I was I was always into into creating things too, and I kind of you know d- discontinued myself from a lot of my friends, and I have a lot of regrets about that. But I was kind of like you, though. I, I I never wanted to go to like parties or anything like that. I was more content with just going out and and you know sitting in a park or playing frisbee or you know just doing stuff that you know I, I liked. That I knew I wouldn't get in trouble for. First of all, that made it so much better. But um, you know, just enjoying my 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 life growing up, and I th- I think that's very important. Yeah, it is important, and I think that it's also important to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because I always see kind of youth as the best opportunity to pursue my passion. You know, and if anything, sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit like old to tell you the truth. <laughs> sounds so silly but you know there are kids out there that are like 14 years old and they're already doing all this stuff but you're probably right because a lot of those people do lose their childhood Mm -hmm. and that's not good and they grow up to be kind of resentful of that but I kind of started a little bit later so in a way I think that's good that is good and you know what's really cool is that you know here you are and you're able to write a song co-write a song that's actually used on an actual TV movie and that's incredible I mean some people just dream about that their whole life some of them are still adults trying to make that happen you were able to make that happen now how did that come about how did you get this opportunity yeah thank you um, I'm actually very very lucky because my mom Barbie Castro she's a producer and she has a good relationship with Lifetime and the movie Girlfriend Killer, which I co-starred in, was actually produced by my mom. And I acted alongside my mom. So it wasn't very hard to get the song on there because it was kind of this um, discussion that we had mm-hmm. where I really wanted to make a song for this movie. Because there's this scene in the beginning where my character is talking to her soon-to-be boyfriend and they're writing a song together. Well, they weren't originally writing a song together in the script, 
but the kid who played Todd, James, he came and he started playing this ukulele on set. And my mom and the director, Alan, they overheard and they said, wow, it would be a great idea to actually write a song. And I was pushing for it, but my mom said that we might not have enough time to get a song together. But at the last second, right before we filmed that scene on the driveway, which was actually my last scene that I shot, um, my mom said that we could write that song. So Willie, the man who's helped me make all my music, he came over and we wrote that song in two hours, like wow. super fast. Yeah. It was our fastest one yet, and it came out really, really nice. Well, so. you know, I always like to ask how people, you know, work with the directors and the relationship that they have with their directors, but I guess you kind of answered that for me, so <laughs> you <know? laughs> hopefully you have a good relationship with your director then. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So this this particular music video, you just released it, and... Um, you 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 start in it obviously because it's your 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 music and you're singing it. You, 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 it looks like it was very typical to South Florida. Is this like places around South Florida that you actually taped it in? Yeah, actually, there's two places. The first place is my backyard, <laughs> and the second place is um, Dania Beach. Hmm. And how how did how much influence did your mom have in this? Did she help direct this for you? No in it a lot of it was actually my idea i wanted to kind of get this image of two people just having a day together and it was seen from one person's perspective that was the goal of the music video and she really didn't um try to defy that in any way which is very nice now this particular song i know you did it for the movie but did it does it have any meaning like truth that does actually happen to you can you relate to the song and um you know, tell me a little bit about that. Did you have anybody in mind when you wrote about when you wrote it? Well, I think that everyone can relate to the song as long as they have someone in their life. You know, the goal of the song—it sounds like a relationship song, but what it's actually meant to be is just a relationship between any two people. So I actually wrote it for all of the relationships in the movie. You know, between Ayla and her mom, or between her mom and her boyfriend or between Ayla and Todd or, you know, just between any of the characters. And that was what I had in mind when I was writing it. And I think that a message like that and an idea like that can definitely transverse into anyone's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we sometimes always think as relationships as just somebody that's like boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever it may be. And we don't we don't consider the relationships that we have with our best friends and and uh, you know different different people across the board is is just as important as a as a as a relationship between two people that are you know it's more of a love relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, tell me a little bit about the song. Was it difficult to write, and what was one of the biggest challenges you had coming up with the song? The song was actually not difficult to write at all. It was the easiest writing process we've ever had because we've written a couple songs together before, um, and normally he, Willie, makes the music, and then he comes over and we kind of put the words on top of it. But this time, he came with his guitar, 
and we listened to some music that inspired us, and he just kind of came up with some chords, and we just started. I knew that I wanted to get some nature influences into the song, because the movie has a lot of nature influences. You know, he goes camping, they live on the beach, so I wanted to include images of those things, and... Um, then I, I remember just, it hit, and I was like, I got you. You know, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it came like like water on a river. Hmm. I like how you said that. That's a, that's, a, that's a great analogy for something like that. <laughs> Thank you. So give, give me a little bit, give me a little bit of, uh, of insight into your life now. Uh, you've acted. You've, you've done some singing. You've, uh, you've created a music video. Do you think maybe sometime you might actually want to try your hand behind the camera and direct like your mom has? Oh, definitely. I would definitely like to do that. Um, I'm also a writer, so... Whoa, did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's raining like crazy outside. But definitely. When I get a bit older, not right now, right now I'm focusing on the singing and the acting... Mm-hmm. But when I get a bit older, I would definitely love to try my hand behind the camera, specifically on screenwriting and directing, because I have a huge passion for that as well, and just storytelling and creating the story. Um, but right now, I don't know, I just have my senior pictures today. That was exciting, <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, right now, it's summer, so I'm kind of relaxing, but I do have... Um, you know, days where I am working on the next project, like today or when we were filming the music video. So it's not so bad right now, but it's definitely exciting. So. Well, hopefully your senior pictures came up better than mine, because if, if you want to picture mine, <laughs> mine looks I look like David Spade when I was very young, and I had the hair like David Spade. So picture a young David Spade in a, in a suit that's five times his size, and, <laughs> and this really quirky look looking head turn head tilt that they made me have it's the worst picture i've ever had and then they put me on this purple background oh my god i i would that's one i wish i could burn <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that's funny. oh yeah I, I had some great times growing up that's for sure and some of those things i just wish they would hide in fact i have my 20-year reunion coming up next week and they're, they're planning on doing all of these types of pictures that we had from back in the day. Now, luckily, I didn't end up in a lot of my pictures because nobody wanted pictures of me. But I didn't want to get in front of the pictures anyways. But they're going to be playing those things up on, up on the screen. I'm like, oh, God, it's going to come back and haunt me. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. 20 years. I know. That would be cool. And the funny thing is, is that I don't feel a day older than 18. And my, my, I'm still a kid. I'm a big kid. That's what's, that's what's great about me. And if you live like that, I know that you'll have so much fun in life because you look through it as the eyes like you were as, as a child. And that doesn't mean you can't be an adult. That doesn't mean you can't do this stuff and that stuff. Um, it just means you can, you just, age is, age is nothing more than a state of mind. And if you think that you're young and you act young, you'll always be young and you can have a lot of fun doing it. And, and I think that keeps me going on so many different projects as well. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that you'll be able to experience that exact same thing. You know, uh, don't ever let age be, a, be a, a, a hindrance to you and never let it stop you from doing what you want to do and what you love to do. And uh, just keep having fun at life and, and, and you know, live it, live it up. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. You're never too old to be young, you know, like Walt Disney said. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think Peter Pan said that, too. Hmm? I think Peter Pan had said that, too. Yeah. Well, Peter Pan was always about staying young. That's you right. <laughs> he took it to the extreme. <laughs> so, yeah. what other things do you have coming up? Do you, are you going to be acting in anything else coming up in the like maybe later in the year or, or maybe next year? Do you have any other projects you have working that you're excited about? Right. Yes, I do. So, coming up soon, I have more song releases. And then later on in the year, I'll be filming a new movie um, produced by my mom again. Um, but that won't come later. I'm also filming a small part on a film Coupons and Dreams. called Coupons and Dreams, and then just auditions. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so where can people find you and be able to track out what you're doing? Do you have a website? Do you have social media? I'm sure you've got social media. Everybody has social media. Uh, tell people where they can find you and follow you. Right. So for Instagram, I have Taylor Danielle Castro. And then on Facebook, I have Taylor Castro. And then I have Taylor Castro Vivo. And then I also have a Twitter called Taylor underscore Castro with two O's, but I have to warn you, it's basically just me talking about Disney the entire time. (laughs) And um, I also, I think I'm going to start a YouTube channel for more regular videos. Just by my name, Taylor Danielle Castro. Um, but that hasn't come into action yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big Disney fan too, then, huh? Oh my gosh, I'm a, a huge Disney fan. I'm so excited. I'm going to D23 this weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> I um I I am a huge Disney fan. I've been a Disney fan ever since I can remember, and that's pretty much all I watch. And it's everything I listen to. <laughs> so I'll probably be one of those followers on your new on your uh, Twitter account because I and I'll 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 pitch back with some stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great! Especially, you know, I'm so excited about Descendants coming out next week. I am. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I am sick. Excited about that. <laughs> I know it's been two years. I'm so excited to see this new one. Yeah. It was. That's- Well, uh, Taylor, I thank you for, uh, for coming on the show, and I had a great time sp- speaking with you, and I, I cannot wait to see what you have coming out in the future here. And also, never stop dreaming, and just keep, uh, just keep going on with what you love to do, and I know that the world's going to treat you so well. Thank you. It was so nice speaking to you. You too, and I absolutely want to get your song on here, because we're going to be playing that for everybody here. So... Guys, we have a special treat. We have I Got You coming up right now. We're going to go to a quick commercial break after that. And also, go check out our new website because we're featuring her her video on our website. So check it out there too as well. And it's a direct link to her Vivo account. So enjoy it. All right, guys. We'll be back after this. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. 
Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hi, it's Sharon May Wang here from OMG, We're in a Horror Movie. I'd love for you to check it out at iTunes or Google Play today. Thank you. This is Andrea Tanteros from the Fox News Channel and author of the new bestseller, Tied Up the Knots. You're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have on the line with me our guest for today. Her name is Tawana Smith, and she is a former pro basketball player. She is a business owner of a business called The Athletes Nexus, and she's a financial advisor. And I'll tell you what, when you're in any type of sport, no matter if you're pro, not pro, you have to have an education. You have to take what you do and invest it correctly because, unfortunately, sports as much as you'd wish you, you could probably be in them for, uh, till you're 80, it just isn't going to happen. So we're going to talk to Tawana about this, and, and she's on the line. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So as, as like I was saying earlier here, um, you were in pro sports, but now you're, you're a financial advisor, and you are the owner of the Athletes Nexus. And I hear, unfortunately, so many stories about you know, these great big time pro people that, you know, made it to the Hall of Fame and, you know, they're just, you'd expect them to be walking on on water and they're broke. And, you know, I think a lot of the time they don't expect to, uh, they either lavishly spend or they don't, or they don't protect their money right or they invest in the wrong things. So kind of tell me how you got into be a financial advisor and what type of advice would you give people that are in the pro sports, whether they're collegiate or they're in pros, and, you know, how to, how to invest their money and, and make sure that they're going to get their best bang for their buck. Right, right. Well, uh, my entrance into the business side of this um, obviously came from my experience as a professional athlete. Uh, I was approached by a lot of different people about a lot of different things, and so I understood, you know, how pressure-filled that time is for an athlete, especially behind the scenes. It's a lot that goes on. And so once I retired, I uh, entered into financial advising, and uh, it gave me the insight that I needed to fully serve an athlete because I know what they went through. Um, Everyone is so focused on the money, obviously, and most of the times these are young men that uh, didn't grow up with a lot of money. They don't have a strong financial education or background. Um, And so what I try to do is educate them first and foremost to to discipline themselves the same way that they're disciplined on the court or on the field. Um, They have to have processes in place. Um, In the beginning, we're very conservative because I think it's important for them to understand what they're investing in rather than just turning over millions of dollars to someone uh, who we find more and more often is mishandling their money. So, um, you know, I have a really, really nice model that I use, and it differs for each athlete depending on their situation. But my experience, um, you know, is what kind of led me to try to touch their lives through business. 
you know, you made a you made a very important point there, and that's a lot of these kids grew up without the money. So when you have, right. you go from having like, you know, you you can barely put together a hundred dollars a week for food, and then all of a sudden you're making millions, oh, yeah. and it's like, wow, I can just spend it. It's it's never going to go away. It's like you every time you look at your bank account, you got some money, but eventually that does wear out. And I think that's one of the things that we all do, not just not just athletes, you know. I mean, I think we can use that type of advice for anything that we do in life. That's true. That's true. I mean, you think about it. You know, a lot of these guys have hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in per month. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's easy to, to look at the, the well and, and feel like it'll never go empty. And what happens is, you know, whenever they, uh, they're done playing, whether it's voluntarily or involuntarily, um, those recurring expenses continue, you know, uh, we used to say when I came out of school, you know, the bills don't stop, right? <laughs> and um, when they don't have that same income coming in, it's just simple math. It's just a matter of time before they're hitting the bottom of the well and, and trying to figure out how they're going to make the adjustment. So it's definitely a need out there in professional sports. Now, as a professional athlete, when you come into any type of sport, whichever it may be, let's just say you get drafted high, you know, you're, you're top of your of your college, and the world looks like it's going to go great for you. You sign a great lucrative deal, you're going to be making a lot of money, but then you get injured in your second year. And it could possibly, you know, seriously injure your, your ability to play the sport at the highest level that you can, or it might even force you to retire. How do you how do you get people prepared for something like that and take the money that they have so they don't just blow it? I mean, what advice do you give to those type of people? Because it could happen to anybody. Right, right. That's a very common scenario, Jason, and I'm actually glad that you brought it up. You know, the biggest advice that I can give them, you know, is to live like you don't have the millions. Now, obviously, it's easy for for you and I to maybe say that, um, because it's just a different type of pressure that comes in when the guy sitting next to you, you know, is spending money on all of these things that you grew up dreaming about. Um, but essentially, they have to train themselves as well on how to reward themselves. And I've written a a book that I published earlier this year that talks about that, where, you know, we we address how they can set goals and milestones and reward themselves for those things. Number one, it keeps them focused on the game, right? And they're not just sitting there thinking about how to spend their money, Um, you know. But number two, it also gives them some type of structure for how they will spend their money so that all of their decisions aren't emotional, Um, And that's essentially what happens. They're looking at a veteran player. They're looking at someone that has this huge marketing endorsement. They may have a little money that they can spend, and they're trying to emulate those things before they've, uh, you know, truthfully gotten their careers off the ground. And then when an injury comes into play, which is usually unexpected, nobody plans to get hurt, um, they're not prepared to deal with the fallout from that. And nowadays, you know, it, it is definitely a business. Um, they're a lot more likely to, um, you know, to be cut from a team or waived or traded or put on a practice squad uh, rather than just draw that easy paycheck. So um, I try to get them to be conservative in the beginning, live like they don't have it, do reward yourself so you can enjoy the fruit of your labor, but have a systematic process for how you do that so that you're never caught, you know, off guard by a sudden injury. Now here's another thing too that you got to con- that people got to consider if they're going to be an athlete. What let's just say let's just say you do your 10 or 15 years and you know you've gone above and beyond what you expected to. Your body feels great, but then you retire. Now what the problem that I ran into is I re- I talked to Ronnie Lippett 
and uh, he was in the situation where his knees are screwed up, and he's been going through a lot of surgery. So how do you prepare for after sports, where you start to feel the aches and pains because you're not out there constantly working as you, at the high level you did anymore? And how do you how do you prepare for the the medical bills that could, you know, start to roll in because you 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 put your body to the to the most extensive point it could be throughout your career. Right. Yeah, well, you know, when you talk about preparing for life after sports, you know, the the biggest thing that the Athletes Nexus uh, provides for athletes is branding and marketing. And I think it's important that these uh, young men and young women brand themselves for who they are, their interests, passions, strengths, rather than just as an athlete, right? Because if your brand is tied to the way that you perform, when you get hurt, what happens then, right? And we see that all too often. Um, and, and so I think it's important for them to run their lives as a business for that short time that they are, uh, you know, they have a public platform as a, a, a public figure. Now, when it comes to the injury piece, thankfully, both the NBA Players Association and the NFL Players Association are adjusting their benefits to provide longer-term health care for uh, their former players. And so I think it's important for them to understand that those resources are there and definitely tap into them. Mm-hmm. So as I'm thinking about all the stuff that goes on, too, and, you know, you, you got, you got your, your ability to go out there and spend money and you get to save the money, but I think sometimes we get confused by the differences of want and need. You know, there are so many things that we want, but we think that we need them, but we don't necessarily need right. them. I think that's a big, right. that's a, a very important for anybody to learn. Give me a little bit of advice about what a want and a need is and why do we need to sit yes. there and, and give a little bit into the wants but try to focus on our needs. Right, right. You know, needs are obviously, and it depends on the makeup of your, of your family, but, the, you know, the needs are obviously, you know, your living accommodations, which, mm-hmm. you know, there are levels to the lavishness, uh, security, right, because you're now a public figure and, you know, people nowadays are unpredictable. Um, those are things that you need. If you're going to make an investment in an area, those are areas that, you know, come at the front of the line. When you talk about a want, you talk about, you know, a piece of jewelry that costs more than a lot of people's cars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's absolutely not necessary. And, and you look into other assets, vehicles, all right? You can only drive one vehicle. Um, those are assets that are depreciable. Right. So they're only going to lose value day after day. I don't care if you drive them or not. Um, You know, those depreciable assets are things that drain every athlete's budget. So, um, yeah, definitely see that a lot confusing the difference between a want and the need. Mm -hmm. So give me a little bit about uh, your business, the Athletics Nexus, uh, the Athletes Nexus. What started it and what's the business about and how does it help athletes and pretty much anybody that decides to come to your uh, business to seek advice? Right. Um, Yeah, it started, you know, again, based on my experience and seeing the number of athletes that are signing blockbuster contracts, but then the high statistics of athletes that are broke just a few years after playing. I just couldn't figure out what the disconnect was. And so I established my group to tackle that need. I want to provide services as a quarterback, so to speak, for a football player, right, for all of his off-court needs. 
again, this is a, a very, uh, it's a lot of moving parts to this thing, and it takes more than an agent to fully service a client. If I'm dealing with a basketball player, I want to be their point guard. I want to help them vet the professionals that work with them. Uh, my group helps them manage their affairs and their schedules to make sure they're where they're supposed to be. Uh, we train them on how to brand themselves and how to develop their skill set. You know, maybe a guy's interested in cooking. Maybe he can cook a little bit. You know, well, you can turn that into an income stream and, and monetizing other skills that they have. So we handle everything that occurs on off the court and off the field in their personal and professional lives. So basically what you are is like a personal guide. You you take what right. you, you see what they do, see what they do well, see what they don't do well and try to help them use their assets for the best that they can that they can push forward. Absolutely. We're trying to create another income stream that not only brings in money as an active player for them, but it also sets up a career path for them so that when they're done playing that next transition is easy. Because now, that's where we're seeing the problem. Now, sometimes they have a great, they have some type of great skill, but they just need to hone it up a little bit. What about going back to college? Do you ever advise them to maybe go back to college and get maybe the, the, the degrees that they need that maybe they didn't okay. focus on when they were in, in, in school? Because some of, the, I know some of my friends, they went out there, they got a great scholarship to like FSU or uh, University of Florida, and they they just focus. They took whatever classes they could just to get their to keep their grades up, but they were focusing on their career and then uh, on their right. you know, football career. So when they got out, it's like, oh, I didn't get picked by the by the big right. MLB uh, or the NFL, and so now what do I do? And now you have to go back to school to try to you know get some type of skills. So what? Uh, when do you when do you look for those type of uh, situations, and how do you tell them this is the best way to do it? And maybe they don't need full classes. Maybe they just need a few. Right, right. Um, that's a part of every uh, strategic plan that we put together for our clients. A lot of them already have their degrees. Um, you know, football side of things. You know, they have to wait so many years before they're eligible to declare for the draft. You know, they, they need at least three years. And so 50% of, of football players on average have their degrees when they come out and, and declare for the draft. Uh, basketball, I think the last statistic I saw was around 26% of guys that enter the league have their degrees. And so it's a conversation we have with all of them. You know, a lot of guys are now going back for their advanced degrees. Because when you come out, if you aren't privileged enough to have done well with your money and become a successful entrepreneur, um, you're evaluated just like everyone else. So on paper, not having that degree obviously hurts uh, tremendously and is a part of that post-career struggle. So it's a conversation we definitely have with every prospect or client that we sit down with. Now you do happen to work with them on finances and stuff like that. So even if you get them into a into a business and they're managing their money, they could still blow it just like they would have if they yeah. were in the in the sports. Do you ever have like big arguments with people saying like you really shouldn't yeah. do this and and they want it so bad, but you just got to yeah. say no, 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 you just don't need this right now. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, you know, because again, it's it's an emotional conversation because they're looking in the moment, they're wanting that instant gratification, just like, you know, many other college-aged kids, because uh, for the most part, that's who these young men are when they come out early. They're still college-aged and need, it, need a little bit more maturity. So, yeah, we've, I've had some all-out shouting matches with clients. Um, 
I think it's important for them too, though, to, you know, sit in on business meetings and to come along for the ride so that they can get a feel for what things are really like. And it, I find that it usually helps them put those um, immature and emotional decisions in perspective. Now, what about, what about females? Because I know that there's not as many opportunities for sports as females do. There's not the NFL. There's not the NBA. Uh, yeah. Or there is the NBA, but there's no, like, hockey or anything like that. But a lot of the times they can go into, like, you know, Olympic sports or they can do uh, world tours, like, with the, world, with the, uh, the right. United States teams and stuff like that. So their opportunities are a little bit more... Um, they're not as prevalent as, as it is for men, which is too bad because I got to say, women sports, they are brutal. They are so much fun to watch. They put raw emotion to it, and it is just so much fun to watch women get out there and play sports. But since that doesn't happen, what types of things... The what? points in my book. The what? <laughs> for acknowledging women's basketball because most times people overlook the amount of skill and work that we put in. So you definitely get points in my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I, I do. I, I used to watch, like, even, even the wrestling. You know, I know it, was, it wasn't it was technically real wrestling, but those women were brutal. I mean, they grabbed their hair and yeah. throw them all over the place. I mean, you don't see that with men, <laughs> you know? Right, right. right. That, that was good stuff. Right, and, and even in sports, you know, in, in basketball, you know, women's players, uh, obviously women players, there aren't as many, as you said, um, opportunities to make the big bucks uh, the way it is on the men's side of things. But um, women, for the most part, are a little better about educating themselves and, you know, managing their finances and thinking about the future. I think it just may be our nature, um, you know, to be more of a planning type, I guess, and, and uh, have a longer-term vision. And so while you see issues with women, it's not so much because they haven't educated themselves about the things around the business. It's mostly because they're not able to make as much money as men, I think, mm -hmm. <laughs> for the most part. But I've dealt with a lot of WNBA players, overseas women's basketball players, and for the most part, they have their business in order. Mm -hmm. They do. Well, we have a, just a few minutes left, and I want to be able to, to get a little bit about you. I want to see how you got into sports, what types, what types of teams that you play on, and tell us about your career, because that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I was introduced to the game at an early age by a cousin who played in the NBA, so I got a front row seat to his journey and to the business side of the sport, and it intrigued me. So. Um, you know, I worked really hard. Um, I grew up in uh, West Memphis, Arkansas, uh, and signed a full scholarship to Ole Miss, uh, Division One program in the SEC. Uh, had a great time there. Ended up uh, going overseas to play professionally for two years. I played in Holland uh, for one year, in Amsterdam, Holland, and I played in Spain my second year uh, before I was approached about joining uh, a financial team with Merrill Lynch. Uh, as an advisor, and that was an easy decision because that was always my dream. And, but I did know I wanted to stay connected to sports, and so, uh, you know, I decided to, to manage money uh, for a living. So um, I had a brief stint professionally, but um, I was there long enough to see what I needed to do to help advance the game. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we just think of, like, why did this happen? Why did it, why did it only happen just for a little bit of time? Or why why did I do all of this? Because it doesn't seem to like make any sense. Now I've been doing it for 15 years. But then 
when you step back, the whole picture shows up. And then it's like, you know, right. you realize that nothing that you ever do in life is wasted. You're going to learn something. It's going to it's going to be useful down the road sometime. You just don't know when. Right, right, right. Absolutely. You know, everything happens for a reason. We may not see it or understand it in that moment, but... You know, I look back and I'm grateful for the opportunities I had because it gives me perspective when I'm helping my clients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every bit counted. Well, Tawana, we only got about a minute left, so tell everybody how they can find you, how they can get your advice, how they, how they can hire you, and some of the things that you can do to try to help them. Right, right. Um, you know, please feel free to reach out to me on my site, um, theathletesnexus.com. Uh, we are also on social media. We're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, The Athletes Nexus. And um, I also have a website for my book, which is for all athletes, uh, at survivingthelights.com. Amazon bestseller, so please get your copy. It's survivingthelights.com. All right, Tawana, thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. I learned a lot, and hopefully everybody out there, too, has learned a lot. And if you have kids out there, obviously – you, you you want them to do their best. You don't want to discourage them from doing this, but you got to train them right to be successful in, right. on and off the court. Right. Absolutely. you got to have both. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Tawana, thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun, and I wish you all the best, and hopefully that I'll get to see you do some more uh, great stuff in the future here and maybe write some more amazing books. Yes, I'll definitely let you know. Thanks for having me, and um, you have a great week. You too. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more, so don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd, and I released one of my most profound photographic collections to date, my 3D collection. Since 2009, I've looked for ways to bring my art to life in ways that would amaze my audience. After a rare malfunction at Disney, I realized that 3D was the way to go. Now the series can be seen in galleries all the way across the United States. If you want to see this collection, contact my studio, Imagination Art Studios, by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com and ask how. While you're there, check out my award-winning Dreams, Nightmares, Fears, and Fantasy collection, as well as my Morbid Sensations collection. Again, that's www.imaginationartstudios.com. Welcome back to the AME Radio Show, guys, and I think I'm going to leave you guys a little bit of music today because I want to kick off the Friday just right, and the best way to do that is by music. Nothing sets a mood like music does, and I'll tell you what, if you get the right song to kick off the day, it's going to send it all the way through the weekend. That's how powerful music is, and if you haven't realized how powerful and therapeutic music is, pick up a song and listen to it. That's all it takes. And I do that all the time, and that's actually how I find a lot of inspiration. So hopefully we'll not only get you inspired for the weekend, but inspire you to do other things. Now, if you want to hear us, all you have to do is go every Friday morning, 7 a.m. on AMFM 247 Broadcasting Network. You can also find us at 5 p.m. on Saturday on AMFM 247 Broadcasting Network. And you will be able to hear us online at AMFM 247, or you can also find us on their 9 AM FM stations across the United States. 
Then you can find us on Friday at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on WKLAP.com, an internet radio station that we're excited to be a part of. And we're also very excited to be a part of Radiolove.com. It's an internet radio station there as well, but they got some great tunes and shows that I think you guys will enjoy there as well. So we're proud to be a part of this entire conglomeration of of radio stations and we're looking to expand so we're always looking to grow our reach you can also find us on iheart on demand and if you're not already subscribed to us don't worry about it just go up to iheart.com go to the search box and type in ame radio show we're also on itunes and like i said you can find all of our stuff archived on our website so that's all i have for you guys i'm going to leave you guys a little bit of music right now So until tomorrow, guys, have a great weekend. Have a great night. Stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.
We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.